Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Loves us, that doesn't judge us, that, that, that loves us very much, praise God, and has a good plan for our lives. I, um, I know in my life when... Uh, when uh, uh, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it, it changed things totally because I was in a very dark place. I was in a, in a place, uh, a very, uh, uh, it, it, I'll just say that it's just a miracle that I'm here today and not sitting in a jail cell somewhere. And it, thank God for his goodness, praise God. Amen. And it was because of him that changed my life. And he got rid of that, uh, of that hatred and, and the bitterness that was in my heart. And from that day forward, I'm telling you, things begin to change. And I, now I look back on my life and I'm so, so thankful. That decision really was the most important decision of my life that I ever made. Amen. Hallelujah. And I pray that you have made that decision. And if not, we'll tell you in a little bit how you can make that decision. But so today is very much about this. And so we're going to, uh, uh, you know, we could, we could stop right here and we could celebrate and say, praise God, Jesus is alive. And we could go to the house and say, oh, isn't it wonderful? But if, if, you, don't, if you don't go back to the cross, this is the reason that we're here today. And so we know this is, Good Friday's already has come and, and went and time-wise, but we know that we have to visit that place for a little bit. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to go back, if you'll bear with me a little bit, we're going to do uh, quite a bit of uh, a reading here today, a scriptural reading. So if you would, please, if you would uh, open your Bibles to, uh, to John, and we're going to go uh, see what the Word of God has to say that really took place that day. A lot of people, um, uh, surprising, um, have never read the account of really what happened. Now, I want you to know something, that, that this is, is not a story. This is a fact that took place. And I am one that looked into that tomb, and there's no one there. I saw with my own eyes, and there's no one there. That tomb is empty. I said that tomb is empty, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. Are you? All right, so if you found John, let's, let's, let's begin reading here in John, the 18th chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley. There was a garden which he and his disciples uh, entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having taken a detachment of soldiers and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing everything that would happen to him, went forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, Jesus added, asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So then let these go their way if you are looking for me. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I have lost none of those whom you have given me. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant. He cut off the right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. When Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheaf, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers and the commander and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of, of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple 
who was known as the, to the high priest, went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the servant's girl, being the doorkeeper, said to Peter, Are you not the one, also one of this man's disciples? And he said, I am not. Now the servant and officer stood there and warned themselves, being made a fire of coals, for it was cold. Peter also stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciple and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I also taught in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews also meet. And I said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me and, and what I have said to them. Certainly they know what I said. When he had said this, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said again, I am not. One of the disciples of the high priest, being a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see in the, you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. So if you go back, and, and I don't believe John talks about it here, but if you look back at Matthew and Mark, we find that Jesus, you, you remember Peter was one of the ones that went with Jesus to pray. And remember that Jesus kept going back, and he said, Are you... Can you not stay awake for another hour and pray? And he made a comment to Peter and he said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Peter didn't have to deny Christ. There's a big message right there. Had he entered into prayer with Jesus, he would have not denied Christ. Anyway, moving right along. Just a little tidbit there. Then they led Jesus from, uh, um, from Caiaphas to the, to the uh, Praetorium. It was early, yet they themselves did not enter the Praetorium so that they might not be defiled but might eat of the Passover. Pilate then went out uh, to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over to you. Then Pilate said, Take him and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he would die. Again, Peter entered the praetorium and called Jesus, or Pilate, I'm sorry, entered the praetorium, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you speaking of your own accord, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am, a, am I a Jew? For your own nation and the chief priest handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servant would fight that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Therefore Pilate said to him, Then are you a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him at all. For you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They all shouted again, Not this man, but Barabbas. But Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him and said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they hit him with their hands. Again, Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. 
Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was more afraid, and entered the praetorium again, and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not hear, know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power at all over me unless it were given to you from above. Therefore, he who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, which is in Hebrew. Yeah. It was the day of preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, here is your king. But they shouted, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, led him away. He went out carrying his own cross to a place called the place of a skull, which in in Hebrews is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote a title and put put it on the cross, the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near a city And it was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin. The chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments, divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier, also his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to decide whose it shall be. This happened to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Pretty awesome that prophets of old spoke, and and if you haven't seen it, if you even do research, you can go back and find we won't do it for sake of time. But there's many things that were spoken about Jesus way before even Jesus was even born, that would take place for this day, that would mark this day. This was foretold. This was all foretold. It wasn't, it wasn't no accident. This was a plan of God. But the Bible says, had, had, the, king of, had, had the enemy known the plan that God had for the king of glory, he would have never allowed him to be crucified. But see, it was right under his nose. The devil had no account and did not know. And the disciples didn't understand it, even though Jesus told them. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand why it had to happen. And they tried to get in the way of it and tried to stop it. That's why Jesus never answered, never defended himself. Because he knew this had to go through. This had to go on through. And you you look at... you look at uh, uh, at Judas that uh, you know that betrayed Jesus. That had to happen. That had to take place. The betrayal had to happen. It had to take place. It had to move forward. So it wasn't that you know Judas was was a part of this uh, plan that it had to take place. In that, thank God that it did take place, that Jesus stuck to the plan. As hard, as gruesome as it was, he did it for you and I. He did it for us. When, when the father asked Jesus, the son, to go to be that perfect lamb to be slain, to allow his blood to flow that day, he agreed to do that. Why? Because 
He knew the heart of his father. He knew the heart of the father. He knew the importance of, 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 of children, uh, uh, of the great gulf that was between mankind and God himself. And he knew that only this could bring that, close that gap between mankind and God. Thank God he was the spotless lamb that was slain. Thank God he stayed true. He didn't sin. He walked on the earth. He had opportunities. The Bible says he's, he was tempted in all points like unto we are. He faced the very same thing that we faced. But he stayed true to the call. He stayed true knowing that we were on his mind, knowing that it was about getting us back into fellowship again with the Father. Hallelujah. So this is what this is all about. All this taking place was about bringing us back together to the Father. Hallelujah. Uh, where do we end up? Since... Uh, Therefore the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, wife, the Mary of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom, whom, whom he loved, if you don't know, that's John. Who's the writer of this book? Guess what? John records it. This was the disciple that Jesus loved multiple times. <coughs> Anyway, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time, this disciple took her uh, to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that everything was now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. A bowl full of sour wine was placed there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He didn't say, I quit. He said, it's finished. Totally different. Since it was the day of preparation to prevent bodies from remaining on the cross the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was a high day, and Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. Therefore the soldiers came, broke the legs of the first and the other who were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They did not break his legs. However, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water gushed out. And he who saw it has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is telling the truth that you may believe. For these things happen so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, and they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. Jesus was already dead. Why? Because he laid his life down. His life wasn't taken from him. He laid it down. After that, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, uh, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take him away, uh, take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came took away the, his body. Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and, and uh, aloe and weighing about 75 pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus, wrapped it in linen cloth with the spices, as it is the burial customs of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in that garden, there was a tomb in which no one had ever been buried. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearly nearby, they buried Jesus there. Well, this is a man that was crucified, an innocent man that was crucified. Who crucified him? The religious leaders, the religious people, the people. Do you, do, you wonder why... Around here, we talk about religion as being so, uh, uh, so bad because religion is man's rules. It has to be done this way and has to be done this way. 
And we say many times it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with God. That's it, folks. It's about a relationship with Him. It's not about what man says this or man says that. It's what God has to say. It's about what He's done. It's about what He is reaching out to each one of us about. And as He went freely to that cross, the Bible even says in a different place here that as He hung on the cross, He says, and for the joy that was set before Him. That's unimaginable in our minds, how could someone be in such excruciating pain at the point of death, but yet hang there with joy because he saw the culmination of this plan coming together. Because he saw that once this was fulfilled, that this was totally taken care of, that again, it would be a pathway for you and I back to the Father God that the enemy had come in and separated. He knew that this was about to be fulfilled, that this was about to to culminate. It was about to take place. And and he knew that it was was greater, the the, the, the purpose of all this was greater than what was happening at the moment. Physically, what he was dealing with and going through and emotionally and everything that was coming against him was not as great as the plan that God had for mankind that soon, very soon, that man would be reunited to God himself, the Father. Wow! If that's not love, I don't know what is. He first loved us. It's not something that we've done. It's not something that we've done. Or will ever do. It's about what he did. It's about what he did. I said it's about what he did. You got that video ready to go? Let's watch this short video. Some of you have maybe seen it. Without the preaching of the cross, without preaching the cross to ourselves all day and every day, we will very, very quickly revert to faith plus works as the ground of our salvation. So that to go to the old uh, Fort Lauderdale question, if you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. What an immense, I I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him. How did that shake out for you? Because you were, you, were, you, were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and, yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, did you, <laughs> excuse me, let me get my supervisor. Then go get the supervisor, Ranger. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are, you, are, you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let, let's just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, he says, on on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. (laughs) Now, now, that is the only answer. That is the only answer. And if I don't preach the gospel to myself all day and every day, then I will find myself beginning to trust myself, trust my experience, which is part of my fallenness as a man. If I take my eyes off the cross, I can then give only lip service to its efficacy while at the same time living as if my salvation 
depends upon me. And as soon as you go there, it will lead you either to abject despair or a horrible kind of arrogance. Stop it right and there. it is only the cross of... There you have it. It's through what he did. So I want to ask the question right now. You're here today. Have you received what Jesus did for you? I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about have you accepted him into your heart? See this, we go back to the beginning in the garden and remember what was spoken, that God spoke to mankind and said, if you eat of this fruit this day, you'll surely die. We know that the death, the physical death, and, and Jonathan, you might try to cool it down a little bit. It's getting pretty warm in here. I see many people fan themselves. And so, and then some people grabbing their, what's it saying? You can make some of the people happy some of the time. Anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> and when he said, uh, where was I going with this? Ayla, you. That was not my fault. It was your fault. <laughs> Nick, I guess you're in the doghouse again, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> no. Did I ever leave? <laughs> we won't go there. When we, when, we, uh, um, when we receive of what he did for us, it's everything that he did. It's nothing that we will ever do. It's not about how good I can be or if I can, if I can do enough good. It's about what he did on the cross. It's about the price that he paid. So when you go back to the garden and you see the disobedience, when God said, from this, if you eat of this fruit from this day, you'll surely die. We know that that physical death didn't take place right then. Because the Bible talks about death as being, uh, or uh, actually what we refer to as dying as going asleep. Or those that went asleep in Christ, or those that died physically. But real death is separation from God. So he said, if you eat of this fruit from this day, you'll be separated from me. We saw that happen. We saw that God came down because he used to come down in the cool of the day and, and talk to mankind. And uh, all of a sudden, he came down and man went and hid himself. The, 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 the union was broken between them. That day, man was separated from God. A very sad thing that took place. But it was a choice that man made. Because man chose, God gave mankind the lease over the garden, placed them in. They had a royal spot. They had things were going really well. But then they obeyed Satan and disobeyed God. And in doing so, that very lease that God had given mankind, mankind turned around and gave it to Satan. And since that day, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. He doesn't own it, but he has the lease on it. If you want a little pre-sight into this message about why bad things happen to good people, guess what? We live in a world with a curse. We live in it to this day, a world that Satan has a lease on. A lot of people say, well, why can't God do this? Why can't? Because he would be illegal if he did. Because the, 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 the earth has been legally turned over to Satan for this time being. But now this is where we come in. We come in the middle. We're here in this world, and whenever we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden God is able to do his work through us in a world that Satan controls. Wow. That's why God needs you and I here on the earth today. But everyone that's born into this world is born into a world of sin. We know that. We, we, we are born into this world of sin, and if we continue through our life's journey in this earth, 
and living in this world of sin, this, folks, this is why our will is so very important. Our choices are so very important. We live in this world of sin. If mankind lives in this world all the way through and does not change that default setting that is said that if that person lives all the way through life and does not change anything about him but continues in, ultimately his destination will be hell because he's in the spirit of this world which is Satan himself where his dominion, of course, obviously is hell, where he's from and all of his imps and everybody else. You say, well, how can that be? Because of choices. But now in the middle of that, all mankind has to do is say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's a second Adam that has come. His name is Jesus. He came and he went to the cross and his blood was shed and he paid the price for mankind once and for all. He was a perfect lamb. Up until Jesus died, then what happened? There had to be blood had to flow, a life had to be taken uh, uh, we, we see all through Scripture that animals was used to sacrifice to, to cover uh, uh, or to, uh, uh, to cover up man's sin in some way. But there needed to be one complete, perfect sacrifice, one lamb that was pure, that would for once and for all completely not cover but to blot out. Now see, and I've talked about this before, say I've got a stain on my shirt or something, and I cover it, guess what, that stain's still there. It's just covered, you can't see it. But if you really blot it out, if you get it out of there, guess what, you can't find it. That's the difference between the spotless lamb, his blood, and the lamb of animals. And so Jesus was that lamb. But again... It's not God's will. The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. God will not and cannot send someone to hell. That's not his choice. He can't make that. He gave you and I the choice. As much If it was God's choice, he would make all of us born again. But he can't do that because he made us eat your will. Otherwise, it would be a bunch of robots forced to do this or forced to do that. But no, he made us free will agents. So it's our will. So if we go through life and reject him, our ultimate goal will be hell. That's not preaching hellfire and brimstone. That's a fact. You look at your scripture. You look and see how the progression of things. But in the middle of that, if mankind stands up and says, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. I don't like that. I don't like where I'm headed. Jesus, you came to blot out my sin. Your blood has been freely given. I ask you to come into my heart, change my heart, and in doing so, it changes my destination. Nobody can make you and I do it. It's not about a religious act. It's about a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. We say, Father, your son Jesus paid the price for me. His blood was shed for me. I ask you to come into my life and I apply that blood in my life right now. And from that day forward, everything changes. Satan has to step back. He has no place in that matter. But that's why he fights people so hard from, quote, getting to a place of accepting Jesus. Because if he does, he knows that if you do that and make that commitment, he loses all power over you and I. Hallelujah. So this is what this was about. This is the cross. This is about what Jesus did for us. But there's a part then that we play in this simply is saying, yes, Jesus, I accept you. It's not any religious thing. I like what one, uh, one lady said. She said, Lord, if you could do something with my life, take it and do something with it. That was her accepting Jesus. So I asked you this morning, have you done that in some way? I'm not asking you 
I'm not talking about getting religious with it. We'll lead you in a prayer here to help you a little bit. But you can ask him any way you can say, God, I give my life to you. Take it and do something with it. Some lady, I forget who it was, she said, God, take this hot mess and do something with it, please. That was her. It was her will aligning with God saying, God, I want you. Her choice aligning. So I'd like to do this right now. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed, please. And I'd like you to examine your heart. Have you truly done that? I'm not talking, like I said, I am not talking about religion. I'm not talking about what somebody said. I'm not talking about a, a, a church that did this or that. I'm talking about from your very heart. Have you said, Jesus, come into my life? If you hadn't, I ask you to join in on this prayer. I want all of us here this morning in this room to pray this prayer together. Pray it out loud because we're all going to be praying out loud. If you're serious about this, you say this and you mean it with your heart. You ready? Here we go. Father God, thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to lay down his life for me. I receive that action of love in my life right now. I ask you to come into my heart, change my heart, bring your love, bring your help, bring your peace into my life. Thank you for loving me. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord right now at this moment on Easter Sunday in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'd like you to do this if you would, please. If you were serious about that, and it's the first time you've ever done that, first time you've ever said, Jesus, come into my life. While every head's bowed and every eye closed, I'd like you just to raise your hand. Just show me from an act of your will that you choose to accept him as your Lord and Savior this day. Because this is huge. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to. That's why I've asked him for every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm just asking for your honesty. Hallelujah. You say, I've never done that, Pastor, but I did it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, everybody look up here at me. There's people that you know that you might work with side by side, that you might work around, that have never made that decision for him. It's the biggest thing that they'll ever do. It's the number one decision in our life. It's bigger than the day we got married. It's bigger than the day we learned to drive, got our driver's license. Uh, it's bigger than any relational thing that we have with anybody else when our children are born or anything because this is something that's eternal. Everything else is based off of that. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, to, uh, well, let, let's go just a little bit further, shall we? J just a little bit further here. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved <clears throat> and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter came out with the other disciples and they went toward the tomb. They both ran together and the other disciple outrun Peter and came to the tomb first. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, there is no amount of, uh, uh, of modesty in here, is there at all? <laughs> Stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying, yet he did not enter. Then P Simon Peter came, following him, <clears throat> and went inside the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, 
and the cloth that was around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped in a place by himself. Then the other disciple who came first to the tomb went in also. He saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down, looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one, of the, one at the head and one at the feet. Then said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have put him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, woman why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, something about when he calls your name. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God, and to your God. All of a sudden, now, now, we begin to hear about this father, Jesus, not only referred to him as his father, but now your father. What happened? A big relational shift took place right here. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection took place, and it was huge. And it, it started something brand new. It was the very beginning of Jesus living on the inside, of his spirit living on the inside of man. Mary Magdalene came, told the disciples what she had seen. The Lord that had, had said these things to her. Uh, we're going to stop right there. And, and I encourage you, read more. Read the whole story. Go back and read it, Matthew and Mark. And... Uh, but here was something that took place from the cross. Jesus, he didn't stay on that cross. He didn't stand the tomb. Where did he go for three days? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn, if you would, to uh, turn over to uh, Colossians. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, and let's look at uh, verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has resurrected together with him, having forgiven you all, you all sins. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And by having disarmed authorities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them by the cross. And then let's go down in chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then were raised with Christ, desires those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things not of this earth, above, not of this earth. Uh, now let's just uh, real quickly go back to... Uh, Go over back to Ephesians and look at Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, let's look at verse five, or verse 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave them gifts. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also he who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. So what happened here? What took place? Well, you know, his body was laid on the, on, in that tomb, but his spirit went into hell itself. So Jesus, when he hung on the cross, what happened? His, his blood flowed for the remission of our sins. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 and Isaiah 53.5 that he himself bore our sickness and diseases 
and infirmities in his own body on the tree, being dead to sins, we should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Healing took place. Everything that could possibly come into your life when you feel sometimes that you're the only one that's going through something, I beg to differ with you, Jesus went there first. He felt it first. He experienced it. There's not a single thing that will ever come against you and I that Jesus didn't feel and deal with personally on the cross before it ever came our way. Not only did he deal with it, he got the victory over it. He got the victory over death, hell, and the grave. He, he got the victory over sin. We can no longer say, well, the devil made me do it because that day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the power of sin was broken by the power of the blood of Jesus. It's not first party. It's what Jesus did. It's all about what he did. He paid that price. His blood was shed for us. He was nailed to the cross. He took on him Everything that could possibly be taken was laid on him. One portion of Scripture said that, that even his own father turned his back on his son because he could not look on the ugliness of the sin and the nasties that was laid upon his own son, Jesus. Do you imagine your son being on that cross Everything being laid on him, not just naturally, not just beaten, but spiritually as well, emotionally, everything being laid on him and yet hung there with joy. It's not humanly possible. But he did it to complete the mission for you and I. Didn't do it to receive a crown. He did it to bring you and I back to the Father again. He did it out of pure love. So resurrection day has, and number one, must be the preeminence of Christ in our life. The first place, the number one thing in our life. Resurrection day has to be number one in our lives. What he did, he did it. For me. The price he paid, he paid for me. But three days that he was gone out of his body, he went into hell itself. We see here, the Bible says, He that ascended is first, is that is he that also descended into the lowermost parts of the earth. He went into hell. He went into Satan's domain. The Satan that had fallen from heaven. The Satan that now was the God of this world and manipulated mankind, he went into hell itself and said, when he marched in there, he said, it's a new day. Satan, it's a new day. Things are going to be different from this day. It's marked today. Things are going to be different. I am about to destroy every power that you have against mankind. He destroyed him openly. He not only destroyed him there, he destroyed him in the presence of all of his enemies. All of Satan's imps and demons and everything were watching from the grandstands and saw this go down, that Satan was defeated that day. But thank God he didn't stop there. The Bible says, that same one ascended. He came back up out of that hell's domain, went, found his body, or his body found him, they saw, the disciples saw, Mary, Martha, they saw. What is this? They didn't even recognize him. Even, even Thomas says, I don't believe it unless I can stick my fingers in his hands, his feet in his side. 
But he, Jesus, a great patience, let it be known. As he ascended also, the Bible says, what did he do? Before he went back to the Father, he says, got to make a stop by my peeps. Not about you, but I'd said, heck with my peeps, I'm going back home. It's been a day. It's been three days, man. But no, because of his great love, stopped off by the earth to show himself to those that were weeping and in despair that he's gone, that I keep my word, that I do what I said I would do. I said on the third day I'd raise again. I'm here. Then, then, then what happened after that? You know the Great Commission? Guess what? That's when that was given. Jesus said, he stopped by and he says, Now, all power I give to you. Now the power of sin was broken, destroyed, if you know Jesus. If you're still in the world, Satan's power is still real against you. You have no power over him. But through the blood of Jesus, through what Jesus, and when you, what did he give? He gave us his name. Everybody say his name. Now say the name, Jesus. He gave us that name, Jesus. He gave us his blood. The blood that's never lost its power. Thank God for the power of the blood. And number three, he gave us his word. He gave us his word that cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. He gave us his word. So he gave us power over the enemy. He gave us, he raised victorious. Now sin has no dominion over you. Sickness, disease has no dominion over you. Oppression, any of the oppression family members have no dominion over you. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Because he raised again victorious. But that third day, wow, the third day. When it was done, and the Father God said it's been completed. It's complete. And he raised his son from that dark domain of hell itself. Hell knew they had lost the battle. And all of heaven, Jesus himself had won the victory. And he was raised victorious on that day. And the Father God said, that's enough. Son, come home. He was raised out of that domain. He said, wait a minute, Pops. Father, I got to stop by these people. And I got to let them know, no longer will the devil be harassing you. You have power over him. And he gave that dominion to you and I. He gave that. When we accept Jesus, our Lord and Savior, guess what? We can use, we have access to the name of Jesus. We have access to the blood. We have access to the Word of God. Getting hot in here again, brother. We have access. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. He is risen, praise God. He didn't stop halfway through. That's why when you walk in the church out there, I I have a little issue sometimes with the cross because to me it's become a religious symbol. But when a cross stands with a sign on it, I said, you put the cross up, but just make sure you say something about he's not here or he's risen because he's not on that cross anymore. He's not on that cross. That's not the visual. Yes, you have to go through the cross You have to come to the foot of the cross to get to him. Absolutely. 
But then you stand to your feet and you lift your hands towards heaven and you say, it's because of you that I was raised. Jesus, you were raised and you raised me. I've been raised with Christ, praise God. Amen? Amen. Ushers, bring the children and the, and the youth back in if you would, please. I said that we have been raised together with him. Hallelujah. I said we have been raised together with him. So even though we're here on planet earth, we are in, we are, the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We rule and reign with him. The Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of it. Does everybody know that you and I are in eternity right now? Did you know we are in eternity right now? We are, number one, a spirit. Number two, we have a, 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 have a soul. And number three, we live in a body. Number one, our spirit man that we are, we're in eternity right now. Very soon, we're going to change locations. You guys, come on up. Some of you, come on up here at the front. We're going to do one song before we are dismissed here. Musicians, you guys can come on up. Hallelujah. And it's because he rose again. It's because of everything that he did is where we're at today, praise God. I'm so thankful, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that he didn't stay in that grave. I'm so thankful that he rose again. I'm so thankful, praise God, that it's because of him that I want not only myself, but my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. If Jesus tarries, praise God, I'm telling you, know him as their Lord and Savior. Will know that Jesus died for them, that Jesus paid the price, that he was risen again for them, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's everybody stand on our feet, if you would, please. So the next time that you're here on planet Earth and you say, Oh, you know, these things that happen here, the things that's been happening in the world around us and in our government and all this stuff, I want you to know something. This is not your home but you play, you and I play a very important role in this time frame in the earth right now. We play a very important role in being here right now. The power of darkness is being held back by believers praying and standing and taking their authority in who they are in Christ. By you and I standing and saying, no, you can't have no, there's people that I know in this world that have never accepted Jesus yet. And I'm not about to turn loose on them. The Bible says he's given us our, the heathen as our inheritance. Hallelujah. Thank God, the heathen, according to the Scripture, those that don't know him. That's our inheritance. I said, hey, they're our inheritance, praise God. It might be your neighbor, it might be your work. Uh, your workmate, somebody that's uh, working close to you that don't know him. Don't forget the reason that you're here. Don't get caught up in the busies of life. Come on, stay with me, folks, for just a minute here. Don't get caught up in the busies of life and forget the reason that we're here. What if Jesus would have got caught up in the busies of ministry and life and forgot the real reason he was walking on planet Earth? But he didn't, did he? Did he? He stayed focused. He stayed laser focused on the plan. And, and I want to encourage you this morning, this Easter day today, let's not get caught up in everything that's going on around us that we lose our focus. Why am I here? I'm here to make a difference in the world today. God loves you and I so much that he picked us to represent him here on the earth for such a time as this. Wow. Wow. He didn't pick another generation. He picked us for right now. So don't ever say, well, I can't do it or it's too hard. Say, God, I can do all things through you who strengthened me. Amen? So we are raised with Christ. I said we are raised with him, praise God. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? So before we go out here today, 
I told uh, Pastor Michael I wanted a good celebration song today. Hallelujah. Because we're celebrating he is risen and we have been raised with him, praise God. So everyone in this place, you should have a smile on your face because positionally where you and I are seated, no weapon formed against us can prosper. Because of where we're seated with Christ, praise God, there's nothing too hard for God in our lives. There's, but let's not just get focused on that and, and, and realize that there's people around us that need to be led to Him, that need help, that are hurting, that are in a bad place, that need encouragement, that they need the love of God, that need to be told that they're valuable and precious, special and important to Him. You and I have the goods. We've been given the goods. And it's up to us what we do with them. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.